This is Top Floor, episode 35. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 35. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast right up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. As a student, Trina Notman broke the news story of a school-based Vancouver prostitution ring, resulting in national coverage and a major bust. She left her journalism career for what may have seemed like the calmer waters of marketing, but we'll get to that. Trina worked for a creative agency for 10 years before turning her attention to the world of travel, ultimately serving as chief marketing officer for Tourism Victoria in British Columbia. Her now boss may or may not have poached her from that job. And Trina is now vice president of marketing and communications for Hotel Z and Accent Inns. Today, we are going to talk about what breaking up criminal enterprises and working in the hotel business have in common. But before we jump in, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for burning questions. Hospitality professionals can submit those either by phone or by text at 850 404 9630. Today's question was submitted by Seamus. Seamus says, I am very outspoken about politics and social issues on my personal social media. Do I need to hide that to get a job in tourism or hospitality? This is such an interesting question, Trina. What do you think? I think it depends on on how you want to live your life. For me, uh, no, you absolutely do not need to hide that. It might mean that some employers might not hire you because of it. But do you want to work for those employers? I think that makes a lot of sense. And I understand where you're coming from. I also think that what outspoken people believe is toning it down or hiding it is to what non-outspoken people seems very outspoken. So for example, I think that I'm pretty quiet about my politics and my stances on social issues, but apparently it comes across loud and clear because people know how I feel even when I think I'm being really surreptitious. When you were 19 and a journalism student, you broke a story that resulted in a prostitution ring being broken up. I need all of the details. I need to know everything about this. What led you to pursue the story? What happened? Were you in danger? Is there somebody in prison right now throwing darts at a photograph of your face? Like, what's going on? Tell me everything. <laughs> what led me to the story was there on our student bulletin boards, there were posters uh, advertising for jobs for women. And you can make up to $1,500 a week in cash and at a woman run business. Stop it. There's like a poster saying, come be a sex worker. Well, that was never in the poster. It was just jobs for women. 
at $1,500, like, you know, and this is 20 years ago. Like, that's a lot of cash. And, yeah. And you know what it's like when you're a student? Like, you're poor. Like, you're dirt poor, most of us, right? So I thought, okay, well, obviously, this is sex work. And these people are preying on young females that need money. So I thought, this is a great story. So was I in danger? Well, looking back, probably it was sketchy as hell. What I did <laughs> was I called them and I got an interview. Shut your mouth. And then I went to this and I wired myself up for this interview. So keep in mind, this was 20 years ago. So I had a cassette recorder that I duct taped to the inside of my jacket. No, ma'am. With a full microphone duct taped to the inside of my jacket. <laughs> I know it seems, was I in danger? I don't know. I thought it was cool, but probably not. Oh my goodness. What on earth? Like you, you were just like, I uh, call me investigative journalist superhero. Here I go. Yeah, I rolled up. I rolled up in my tracker, and I uh, it was the sketchiest apartment building. And I went up to uh, do my interview. I buzzed in. I went up. It was an apartment with like maybe three or four bedrooms. I couldn't really see. It was really like, uh. Um, I I saw women waiting on the couch. I saw a woman take a man in. Um, I saw and and I was interviewed. So I was interviewed by a woman. I won't, I won't even tell you some of the details because she explained in detail what the job was. And uh, some of it was pretty, pretty graphic. But uh, I did the interview. I got it all on tape and I left. I took it back to my journalism school. I wrote up a story and the whole faculty was like in a tizzy because they didn't know how the hell to handle this. Well, and how do you fact check something like that? Like, can you call the... I guess, madam or pimp and say, Hey, uh, how accurate are these questions? (laughs) I have, I have the whole thing on tape. Gotcha. I I had the whole thing on tape. Um, and it was so crazy. So, and I remember they had big faculty meetings about it. Like it was a big deal. Um, I'm sure. And and then it was front page news on our little student newspaper. And it was pretty cool for me because that day when it was published, I got in my car and I turned on the radio and it's on the news radio. And there it was. The story was on the news. Oh, wow. Did you know that it was going to get picked up? Did you have any inkling in advance? I had no idea. I wow. had no idea. All of a sudden, I was getting calls from like from the news stations and all of that. Calls from the cops because they wanted my info. All of that sort of stuff. Um, and then I got a threatening call from a man. <gasps> and I was like, I thought this was a woman-owned business. And he set me straight and said, it's woman-run, not woman-owned. And wow. I don't, I, yeah, I don't remember the details of what he said. I remember it was threatening and I remember I hung up and that was it. I never heard from him again. Oh my gosh. Did you tell the police about the call? I don't remember if I did or not. Good Lord. You are brave. Okay. So you had early, huge success as a journalist. What made you decide to move from journalism to marketing? Right. Well, I was working as an editor of community newspapers like when I was 20, 21. And I just saw those opportunities in journalism were contracting. And it's really, it really is a shame. It still makes me sad today that there aren't more real journalist opportunities out there. But I, I just saw it was all contracting. And I was faced with a decision. I had two job offers in front of me. One of them was the editor of another community newspaper. And another one was working for that creative agency, putting together their pitches. And it was a lot of the same skills, right? It's it's the writing, it's the putting together documents, all of that sort of stuff. And I decided, yeah, I think I'll I think I'll make the switch and see what it's like working at an advertising agency. So tell me about a 
favorite, couple of your favorite marketing campaigns? I've got one you'll love, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Nooner Baby Maker. And, what? And this show is turning out to be a lot sexier than I anticipated. <laughs> it's the Nooner Baby Maker. And uh, it was for Hotel Zed. So it was our Valentine's Day promo. So if you came and enjoyed a Nooner at Hotel Zed, so we were selling rooms from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And if you welcomed a baby into your life nine months later, and it doesn't matter if that was by surrogate or by adoption, we tried to make it inclusive. Um, but if you had a baby nine months later from your nooner stay, you got a free Valentine's Day night at Hotel Zed for the next 18 years. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. And it went crazy. It went crazy viral. Uh, it was joked about on SNL Weekend Update. Oh, wow. We'll have to find that link and <laughs> put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And so did anybody win? Yes, we had so much coverage on this. It was so fantastic. Yes. A couple won. Um, and it was so beautiful because they won. And we were like, oh, that's amazing. So they were having this baby. We stayed in touch for like a year. And then, you know, we did their pregnancy photos. We did family photos once the baby came along. Oh, and, cool. But what was so beautiful about that was the mom, this was her second child. And we said that we'd love to do like a maternity shoot with her. And she started crying because she was like, you know what? I'm just so stressed out. I know I need to do a maternity shoot, but I don't even have the time to think about it. And the fact that you're going to do this for me takes so much pressure off me. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was awesome. That is so funny and so cool. Something that jumps off the page on both the Accent Ends and Hotel Z websites is that the company has a very distinctive and strong culture. This, you know, runs the gamut from like kitschy rotary phones in the guest rooms to tattoo freedom for associates to this program called, I think it's called We've Got Your Back. I'd love for you to talk about that program and give some examples if you don't mind. Yes. I mean, I can tell you straight up. I have never, I've certainly never worked for her, but I've never heard of a company that treats people the way that this company, the way Accent Ends Hotel Z treats their people. And when you say tattoo freedom, we, not only do we have tattoo freedom, we actually buy tattoos for our, for our <laughs> staff. Nice. Because we, ha we have work anniversary gifts and work anniversary gifts are always very personal gifts for, for the people because we actually know them. So we have staff members where we've bought tattoos for. But anyways, got your back fund. So got your back fund is an amazing thing that comes from our CEO, Mandy Farmer. And hasn't so basically, it's like when you're in financial need and you need help, we're going to help you. And we even have champions in like we're all champions, really, where we look for people that need help. Like if like if you know a colleague needs help, but you know perhaps they don't want to come forward, you you come forward for them. So you have their back. Um, a great example is one of my staff members, Lindsay. Her uh, you know in the middle of COVID, uh, her husband worked in casinos. So he lost his job and she has a daughter that had, um, that had special uh, learning needs and she had to be tutored and go to special schools and all of that. And because they couldn't afford it, like in the thick of COVID, they had to pull that daughter out of her tutoring. And it was just by, you know, and because I talked to Lindsay all the time, she told me that. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I went to Mandy and I was like, can we pay for this? And she's like, absolutely. So uh, we paid for her tutor for that entire year. And she went up three, three learning grades or three reading grades. She went up three reading grades. Wow. She, sent, she sent Mandy one of her report cards and a little letter. 
and all of the, all of the feels, right. All of the feels. Yes. I have chills. Uh, So little things like that. And another one, I love this one because this person had only been working for us for three months when we did this for this person. This person's mother was in Singapore because that's where their family was from. And she got into a car accident and needed eye surgery, emergency eye surgery, but the family couldn't afford it. Uh, It was like thousands of dollars. The family couldn't afford it. And we found out because they asked for um, an advance on their paycheck. And their whole family was pooling money together to try to pay for this woman's eye surgery. You know, the whole family was trying to was trying to make this amount of money. And as soon as we found out, we said, okay, don't worry, we'll pay for it. And this person is like, okay, oh, this is amazing. I heard that you did this. How do I pay it back? And it's like, you don't pay it back. Yeah. We're just gonna pay for it. That's and that's the whole so that, amazing. And that's the got your back fund. We we do it for you and you don't pay it back. It's just we've got your back on this. Wow, that just full body chills from head to toe for sure. I really wanted to talk about that for a couple of reasons. First, because I would like for every single company in the entire world to steal that idea and start doing it tomorrow. Thank you. And second, because I think it sets the stage for what we're talking about today, which is an absolutely mind-boggling experience that you had at the... BC Tourism and Hospitality Conference. I'm just going to let you explain what happened. Tell the story. Yeah. So it's our first conference back after two years. And we're hospitality people. You know, we want to get together. We want to get in each other's faces. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to be together. Um, So we're all excited to be at this conference. And uh, so the conference was opening. Um, The chair of the Tourism Industry Association of BC was up at the podium and doing the welcome remarks. It was the day after International Women's Day. So uh, he asked all the women to stand. And, you know, I'm like, Women's Day isn't about clapping for women. It's about equality, but okay, we'll stand. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, all right. so we stand. He says some lovely words about, you know, admiring women in the industry and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everybody clapped. And as the applause died down, he said, okay, now go clean rooms and do dishes. And he laughed at us. Oh, goodness gracious. Just going to let that sit there for a second. (laughs) And he laughed at us. And no one said anything. No one removed him from the podium. No one did anything. He kept on speaking. Were people like groaning and whispering or what, you know, what was the audience reaction like? There was a collective groan in the room for sure. Everybody didn't approve of it. You know, absolutely. As women do, we all rolled our eyes. But still, no one did anything. He kept on speaking. Um, and then he came back a little while later to try to to try to kind of sort of not really apologize. But instead, he just made it way worse because he just said, oh, you know, there's bureaucrats in the room and I wanted to highlight the staffing crisis. It was just a joke. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, making us the butt of his joke for the second time. And still, no one did anything. He never gave a serious... He gave a serious apology much later, but... He was still able to speak and all of that. And I was just, I just couldn't believe it. It was just gross. So I emailed the CEOs right away being like, please give me an, op- the, the CEOs of the industry associations put, put on the conference. And I said, please let me have the opportunity to talk to you and tell you why this cannot be ignored. Didn't hear anything. I tweeted about it. Those tweets didn't go to the conference app. So I did my LinkedIn post. I did a LinkedIn post about it. I at mentioned sponsors. Is this okay with sponsors? You know, did the whole thing. And then that post went viral really quick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But from that, I got many, many messages from people uh, that have worked with this man in the past telling me way worse things 
that this man had done in the past. Oh, I can see by your face you don't know about this yet? So way worse, like statements, sexist statements or other stuff? Oh, well, I can tell you it's reported in CBC News. Um, It's reported actually widely, globally. But um, so, for example, one of the things that was reported that he said was he worked at a ski resort and he had 100 young hospitality. I mean, I assume young because, you know, like resort works workers, right? About 100 people that worked at the resort in a room. I think he was trying to give a pep talk, like to dig a little bit deeper because, you know, it was just maybe after Christmas and they had still lots more winter to go through. And he said, the high season is like rape. If it's inevitable, you might as well lie back and enjoy it. Holy guacamole. What? He never apologized for it and he was never fired for it. So, and this wasn't in like 1958, correct? This is in 2015. Oh my goodness gracious. Wow. So knowing all of that and knowing that he sat on multiple boards, um, multiple positions of power, and I heard from so many women and men that have left employment because of this man or felt victimized because of this man. Ugh. I was like, we've, we, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. So what happened when you raised the issue to the leadership at that conference or I guess the leaders of that organization? Yeah, really disappointing. Really disappointing. The problem was, was, you know, there was this collective idea that it was just one bad joke. It's just one bad joke, right? You know, we're mortified by it. This is not how we wanted to start a conference, but it's just one bad joke. But I knew it was more, Mm -hmm. right? I knew it was more. So they definitely wanted me to keep it quiet. Um, So much so that when my boss, Mandy Farmer, who I've already mentioned, got to the conference the next day, she wasn't there on the first day, that one of the CEOs took her aside and asked her to get me to stand down. Oh my goodness. How did that go over with Mandy? She said no. It was a, <laughs> a hard no. It was a hard no. Mandy's got my back. A thousand percent. I knew she would. Good right? grief. Right? So yeah, definitely, definitely people were trying, like definitely they were trying to sweep it under the rug. Um, another comment from one of the other CEOs was, I'm not going to let his comments mar this conference. So maybe just put your phone away and enjoy the conference. Um, was sort of because obviously LinkedIn was blowing up, right? And I was, and I told her, like, I'm, I'm hearing from people, like, I'm hearing this. I told her one of the things I heard mm-hmm. as well. And still, she did nothing. Still, this man was allowed to stay at the conference. The thing that's so funny to me about, or funny, not funny, haha, but funny, ironic, I guess, is had they made the decision to address it there in the room and take it seriously when it happened you would not have a news story across the globe right now. And this person would probably have been able to, you know, make restitution, apologize, et cetera, et cetera, and move on versus what ultimately happened. Right. I mean, really, they missed the leadership moment, right? They missed a critical leadership moment to have a conversation about something real uh, in our industry in that room. And I think that's the most disappointing thing. So we said this earlier, you know, I think I'm perceived as pretty outspoken, particularly on the topic of workplace sexism, but I can't even count the number of times that I've bitten my tongue instead of saying something for, I think fear of being labeled a troublemaker is the kind of the root cause there. What do you think gave you the courage or the rage or whatever it took to stand up for yourself and other women in this case? You know, first of all, every woman has bitten their tongue. Every woman has awkwardly laughed something off. Every woman has rolled their eyes, right? Absolutely. 
And I was never mad. It was never rage. It was never anything like that. It was just disappointment and being done with this BS. But (laughs) what gave me the courage, without a doubt, was I was there with my team. I was there with 10 people from our organization. We were really excited to be back and be at this conference. We've never brought, brought a delegation like that before. I had 10 people around me, many of them newer in their careers than I am. Uh, many of them female, many of them who didn't feel like they could speak up. So I was proud to be able to speak up for them. And you know, as soon as I did, like the first messages I had on that LinkedIn post were from some of the young women that I was with saying, thank you. Like, thank you for doing this. And, uh, and I just hope that by doing that, they feel more emboldened next time that they can do it themselves. But definitely the courage came from, from my team around me. That's awesome. What are some of the things that have happened as a result of speaking up here, both positive and negative? Oh, man. I, I'll start with some of the negative. Um, you know, when you get a negative comment or a negative conversation, it is a thousand times louder in your brain than, than, than a thousand positive ones. You know, it's, uh, I, you know, they, they, they really bring you right down. I mean, maybe they don't for some people. And, and I would like to hear from those people and understand how that's possible. I think people who say (laughs) that it just rolls off my back are liars. I think they're lying. (laughs) I, I, I probably, but you know, I had some things like, and things that you, that, that, that you can just expect like this, for example, like, I am so glad Trina, you got the attention you so desperately needed around this, you know, oh, that, I was just, that I was just seeking attention. And how many women get slapped with that that come forward about men that, oh, they just want attention, right? That's what the commenter was saying that you just wanted attention. That was the reason you brought this up? Yeah, that's the reason I spoke out was just to, just to have attention. What in the world? That doesn't even make luck. Okay, carry yeah. on. What else? What else? <laughs> and then there are, you know, and then there's such gems even from some men like that I got him fired, that I did that. No, they hired a third-party investigator. I don't know what that third-party investigator reported to the board. I don't know what's in that report. I don't know what got him fired. But a LinkedIn post for me didn't get the man fired. Sure. Um, but just, you know, and a lot of stuff like that. Or, or this gem, he's probably going to kill himself now. And like, that's on me. Wow. Just like you get a lot of crap. You get a lot of crap. And then another one that that isn't really... It wasn't meant negative, but it was... Um, it was like, it, she, she was like asking, okay, well, what change is going to happen? All of these social media hits are good for Trina, but what's going to happen? And I had to respond and be like, as part of this, I am responding to hundreds of messages from women and men, uh, mostly women, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing stories of sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment, and I'm responding to every single one of these comments and I am exhausted. And I can tell you that when I am overwhelmed in tears and have nothing left to give, it doesn't feel good for training. You know, and that's something to think about. It's it's a rocky road. I bet that's a lot of weight to carry. What about some of the positive results? Oh, the positive. Okay, I'm so excited to tell you this because that was some dark stuff. But positive is whenever I am in the depths of despair from a negative comment or a terrible interaction something miraculous happens. And it happens every single time. And it feels like a miracle. All of a sudden, I will get a message, a long, meaningful message from a woman who tells me how much it meant to her, who tells me like that, tells me how her life has changed or tells me, tells me something so meaningful and makes and gives me, and it just replenishes all of my strength immediately. I don't know why that got me, Trina, but you can tell that uh, the tears may or may not be welling up in my eyes right now. I really love to hear that. That I think is uh, 
a very hopeful thing for people to think about. It is. You get a lot of support. You know, you can't do this. And I just want to say this to all, all everyone listening, that the support you give to someone that's speaking out, I remember every single message. I remember everything. And, uh, and, and it fuels me. And, uh, and without that, it's impossible. This sounds like a good time to take a break. We will get right back to my conversation with Trina Notman. After this, Trina shares some tips for what to do when you unexpectedly go viral and tells us about her next project. She won't have to go undercover for this one. Be right back. Top Floor is supported by Cayuga Hospitality Consultants. For more than 35 years, Cayuga's international network of hospitality consultants has helped guide industry stakeholders from owners and operators to lenders and investors. Whether you need help with a short-term project or longer-term guidance, consultants bring executive-level lodging, food and beverage, asset management, and development expertise. Cayuga brings together every discipline of hospitality to deliver operational excellence and financial success. Learn more at cayugahospitality.com or call 866-386-4020. And Cayuga is spelled C-A-Y-U-G-A. As you know, we like to make sure that our listeners come away from each episode of Top Floor with a couple of really practical, specific tips, things that they can try either in their businesses or in their personal lives. So I've got some questions for you, Trina. What have you learned or experienced in the aftermath of standing up to sexism from the podium that may help other women do it themselves? Definitely know that your voice speaks for all those who can't. I've gotten so many messages from women who said, I would never feel comfortable. I have never felt comfortable to do that. But now I have an example. Now I have language. Um, So all of those women in that room that felt like they couldn't say something, like you're not alone, right? When you feel that way, you're not alone. So, and it kind of felt like I was alone a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, no one's going to do anything. But then I spoke up. And then I saw all all the people coming and saying, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Because mm-hmm. because I didn't realize... I knew I was doing that in the moment. I didn't realize I was doing that for hundreds and hundreds of women at, at the same time. So I think, I think know, that, know that you're not alone. Know that one voice can make a difference. All that I did was a LinkedIn post. I just did a LinkedIn post. You know, I didn't, I didn't embark on this massive campaign. It was just one pebble in the water that had the ripple effect. It takes very little. Speaking of your LinkedIn post, it turned into almost a billion media impressions with news coverage from outlets like the Washington Post, Hertelier, and CBC. It went to countries across the globe. What advice do you have for somebody who unexpectedly goes viral like that? Yes. I was running on adrenaline for two weeks and I didn't know it. Um, because I wasn't really eating that much because I was just, you know, my, I I guess I was sort of in a heightened state for an extended amount of time. I remember that Sunday, the second Sunday, I slept all day and I didn't realize I needed it, but I slept all day. Wow. So my advice is get your rest. You're going to need your strength. Um, and when you need a break from it, take it because when I'm getting so many meaningful messages, like, cause they're meaningful, like people are really speaking to me from their heart. Like I really want to take the time to, to answer 
in a meaningful way. I'm not saying thanks, thanks, Susan. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually writing something meaningful back because this is a human connection. Right. But you know, that person can also doesn't doesn't necessarily expect you to answer the same day, right? So so give yourself the time that you need. Get your rest. People can wait a day or two to hear from you and and also eat. <laughs> and also eat. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. I like it. Sleep and yeah. eat. Okay. Yeah. Consider it done. How yeah. can a man be a good ally to his women colleagues when another man makes a sexist comment? Oh, I'm so glad you're asking this. And it's so simple because I've had so many men come to me like, what do I do? What do I do? And it's like, oh, it's so simple. Just say something. Just say something. Like say, hey, that's not okay. Say it loud enough so the whole room can hear it. You know, don't, don't do it quietly in the hallway after. You take that moment and you say something in that moment because that man needs to be corrected in the moment. And, uh, and it's a lesson for everyone in the room. Um, women don't need men to fight their battles for them. I really want to make that clear. But, uh, but I think it's important that whenever you see someone say, say something like that, you say something, you know, just, just like you would if you saw somebody say something homophobic or something racist, you say something simple. All right. We've reached the point in the show where we pull in our crystal balls, grab our magic wands. We're going to predict the future, maybe cast some spells. We'll see what happens. According to research conducted by friends of the podcast, The Castell Project, women make up 70% of the tourism and hospitality workforce, but hold fewer than 40% of management positions, 20% of general manager roles, and fewer than 8% of board positions. Here's where we look into our crystal balls and try to decide. When do you think that we're going to see equality in our industry? Well, according to the World Economic Forum, closing the gender gap is going to take 136 years. Wait, what? Why? Does that mean at the rate things are going now? Yeah, that's it. but that's the global gender gap. We're not going to wait that long. We're not going to be waiting that long because we're going to be we are holding our industry boards accountable now when we see inequity. Like for example, the Hotel Association of Canada just announced their new board and it's seven women and 15 men. And they're super proud they have their first ever woman chair, but they should be embarrassed. Like that's that's crazy. Uh, and that's the same for all of our boards. Like the Hotel Association, it's changed a little bit now because I, I think a couple of men have stepped aside, but it was four women to 12 men. Uh, the Hotel Association of BC. And again, let me just say that stat one more time. Women make up 70% of the workforce. Okay, sorry. Just just wanted to make sure I said that again. Carry on. Yes. <laughs> yes. But you know what? It, and the answer is simple. Like honestly, ask men to step aside to allow to free up that seat for a woman or another underrepresented group. There's no reason why they should be taking up that seat. And what is and I applaud there's two men recently in our province as a result um, in, in the as a, since this all happened, that have stepped aside and gave that seat to a woman. And like that is amazing leadership, amazing leadership. And I am so impressed by those men. So absolutely, hold those boards accountable when you see that inequity and and tell and like I am telling these men, like you've got to step aside. You've got to step aside and free up your seat. And and also, sorry, one more thing and and another thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and another thing is uh, is. Some of these boards, you know, they've talked to me and they've said, oh, well, we have, we're doing, we're doing this, I don't know, is it 30, 50 challenge? I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically to get um, an equitable board. 
And, you know, we're going to have an equitable board by XX date, you know, 2026, 2020, whatever. And it's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. What are you doing today? Like, I, we don't, we don't have to wait two weeks, two years. The man that, that, that person just needs to step aside now. Like to me, it's pretty simple. So what is next for you and what's next for your company? Oh, what is next for me is I'm going to write, I am writing a book that I hope serves as a guidebook for women to speaking out. Awesome. Yeah. Told through the lens of the story. And I'm so glad you asked this question because it's not just about the story of what happened at this conference and what happened in the aftermath of that. It's also the place of privilege that I speak from because I am so loved and supported by my employer. And without, without Accent Inns and Hotel Z, I would not be in this position today without even thinking about it. I knew in that moment that I had their support because of the type of company this is. So when you ask what's next for the company is we have an amazing culture. And I know I've talked about Mandy Farmer a couple of times on this. Is, um, she's the is, secret guest on this episode. Oh, oh yeah, she's a secret <laughs> guest. I just, I just have so much love and admiration for for her. Um, is is I'm working with her on her book, and oh. she's gonna, yeah, absolutely, because she has got to tell the story of how she built this culture, and and how it drives performance and how it changes lives. Because more people should be following her her leadership example um, as a way to run business. I cannot wait to read both of these books. So what's next for your company? Well, what I'm really proud of, of what we're doing as a company is we've supported Worth. So Worth is Women of Recreation, Hospitality, and Tourism. That's such that a right? great tur- name. Tourism and Hospitality, I think. Oh, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but they're an amazing Worth Association. So they do amazing work. Like They apply for grants to do research to benefit women in our industry. They provide all sorts of programming to benefit women in our industry, and they really push for uh, for equity for women in our industry. But they're not they're not being supported. They're not being supported. They're not being supported by our industry leaders. They're not being supported by by you know those associations. So we're actually going to be a major partner with them and be a major um, cash supporter of of them. And I'm really excited because I want to lift those people up because they're doing amazing work. Awesome. Okay, folks, before we tell Trina goodbye, we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told. Going down. Trina, what is a story you would only tell me on the loading dock? Oh, I was I was racking my brain to try to come up with something for you here, Susan. And I was sitting next to my uh, VP of finance and he threw out a good one for me. Awesome. <laughs> Um, so, you know, when ice machine, now, now you, you have an ice bucket and it fills up, but you, we used to have ice machines where you'd open them up and you'd grab ice out of the machine. Like with a scoop or whatever. Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah, with a scoop or whatever. Well, there was a rash there where we had a real problem with people defecating in the ice machine. What? What? Hold on. What? Why? What? I don't know why people do what they do. I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea. Oh. What in the world? And do you think it was multiple people or the same bandit going around to every <laughs> ice machine trying to get you? Oh my gosh. I just love the word bandit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Susan. I don't know. I think, I, but honestly, I think it might've been multiple people. Like, I don't think, I think more than one person has had this idea. That is even worse. <laughs> like if it was the same person, at least it's like an evil prank that they're doing but more than what what 
Why? How? What, nef- what nefarious mind thinks of this? <laughs> <laughs> that is horrifying. I hope that I can get some bleach for my brain cells so that I never envision this horrible story again. Trina Notman, thank you so much for being here. I really know that our listeners enjoyed it and appreciate you riding up to the top floor. Awesome. Thanks, Susan. Thanks so much for listening. I am thrilled to say that this week we crossed over the 8,000 listener mark. So thank you, thank you, thank you. To find the show notes for this episode, go to topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 35. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com.